For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. Are we not the bestest of friends already? Only in media. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast that thought it was out, but now has been sucked back in. It's time to do a little stargazing. Mark, it's been a journey, my friend, and uh, it's, it continues in the immortal words of, of Anton Hudobin. We're not going home. Very well, it turns out we're going to Vegas. Going to Vegas, baby. Yeah, the quote was, we aren't staying home, so I guess, <laughs> guess we're on a plane. Oh yeah! It's a, if if anything, if anything, at least uh, the the stars game three and four was kind of the highlight of my last week. So uh, so I'm feeling okay. But the yeah. question of the day is, what does it take to suck you back in? What what gets you to believe in the Dallas Stars again? And it's funny how one game can change perceptions, right? Because like think about even just like the order of the games, right? If 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 the game three kerfluffle. If that had been game one, right, would your opinion – and we'll start We'll start with a question. Why am I, gonna, why am I asking hypotheticals and rhetoricals? I'm just going to ask you because you're here. So <laughs> if you were to swap game three with game one in just the timeline of the series, would that influence your perception of how things have gone? Probably not. I mean it, it took so long to get off the whole this is the way Dallas plays these series. And so you lose game one in overtime and, and it just progresses the pace and you expect it to go to a certain point and Dallas wins. But, uh, you know, the the thing is it, it's almost like game three was this. Everybody thought they knew what this team was and it was so utterly out of character or what you'd been led to believe with the development of Jamie Benn and as a captain and with his maturity mm-hmm. that that it was so it was so out of left field that everybody just kind of dropped their jaw and quit doing anything. It felt on and this is armchair psychology, right? So it probably doesn't mean anything. It felt to me so and part of why I asked the order question is, you know, game one they got outplayed, almost stole it. Game two they they in my opinion outplayed vegas for most of that had it stolen from them right so all of the talk you know and this isn't this isn't even like hindsight being 2020 right but all the talk heading into game three was that now it's now it's going to be a series right they didn't show up for game one and got burned they showed up for game two and got a reality check now it's on right and i think they they had to feel that hear that maybe even and and so you have you have a team that feels like they should have had game two right they had them Right. We we had him. We had him. And that team now is going home and hearing everybody else say, yeah, they had him. It's on now. It's going to be good. And then to start as poorly as they did, as quickly as they did. Honestly, I think part of it was even, you know, they're, they're, you know maybe call it embarrassment or, you know, you, you get punked early on your home ice. 
And then we'll talk about, you know, we can't, we're not going to get too much into it because it's a couple days old at this point, but got to talk about the JV Ben thing. But I think then you have, you know, your captain trying to, I guess, lead by example or, or bring, you know, something, I don't know, bring the physicality, right? Jack the bench, do something to get kind of changed. So you just sort of get into this spiraling situation where you have a team that was maybe believing a little bit of its own hype, getting a reality check trying to arrest the slide, making it a million times worse and, you know, winding up with a catastrophe. And, and so, so it just kind of felt like it was uncharacteristic, but it was also sort of this combination of Dallas has been overconfident in the past. Dallas has had random discipline issues in the past. Dallas has lost when, you know, they've, this is, it was sort of the Voltron of previous small mistakes this team has made coming together to give you an absolute disaster was kind of how I viewed game three. Yeah. It's like everything that you planned for just went south immediately. And, and, and obviously plan B was not plan. A went so disastrously wrong that plan B wasn't even an option. I mean, literally, literally, I think people just quit playing hockey. Yeah, and and and, and, and I, that, I that was one, the Domi penalty, right? It yeah. was it was breakdown city. Yeah, exactly. You you this is this is how Minnesota ultimately reacted toward the end of that series, and and unfortunately, you didn't have any on on ice leadership. Yeah, I mean, you had Pavelski, you had, you had some guys, but you also had everybody. All all trust was gone. Maybe that's the well. I would say you did. It. I think the way to, and this is getting into parsing words. You didn't. You had on ice leaders, but you did not have on ice leadership because nobody well, rested the slide. Nobody stopped. You, you didn't have a team. I oh. think is, is is how I would put it. Yeah. And people people quit thinking that they were a team and they started playing like individuals. And and we saw that the whole game. And you can't do that in this sport. And and we kind of saw the individual tendencies come out. You know, Domi's going to react and 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 not necessarily keep his cool. And yeah. so yeah, that's exactly what you saw. But you you saw a team of individuals or a group of individuals who didn't know how to react to a situation and were just ready for it to be over. Yeah. And, and that that they that they brought back and and you know it it, it was striking to me that. Things didn't start out really good in game four, but the team stuck together and, yeah. and, and that was vital. And, and that is what gives me this tiny little inkling of hope that, that this team can continue to, to, to fight. And, and let's, you know, let's there, do- there, there's, yeah, there, there's enough stuff out there. You know, the, the likelihood of this turning into a good Dallas star story is very, very, very tiny, but it's not a tear down the team. What in the world have we wrought? Um, we're we're, we're going to break it all down and start over. Well, and then that's kind of why I led this with the question of if you change the order of the games, because I agree. Like if you look at the series, it's three very close games that probably could have gone either way. And then the breakdown. Right. And so the chronology matters. And if if that had been, you know, if that had been game one, and then Dallas lost a couple of quick ones and then won game four, I think you'd be looking at it from a much different perspective about a team that was kind of, to your point, I think you're right. They didn't, game four wasn't, 
you know, the the emphatic they they get run out of the building by Minnesota, and the response to that is they're up, I think, four goals in the first period. You know, they they just put the hammer down, and that game's never in doubt. And it wasn't a situation like that where they went from embarrassed to dominant, right? They had to fight and claw and in a way that almost makes it more important, uh, more interesting because it it didn't come easy and thankfully right just even just aesthetically they didn't fold and now to your point we were talking about this in the pre-show it, it gets into one of those like the odds are terrible it's what four teams um have done it and, and i don't think any of them i think only one of them has done it out past the first round so certainly by this by this stage teams that make conference finals don't tend to lose four games in a row uh, except i guess the carolina hurricanes but um <laughs> it's just one of those <laughs> But yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about about hope. And, you know, we had our our first real, you know, all caps, big Jason Robertson goal scoring game. He had both of the the goals in regulation uh, prior to the Pavelski overtime winner. So when you think about why this might work out, what are what are some of the what, what comes to mind? What are what are the reasons? Why should we hope? Well, a couple things. One is, you know, even even before Robertson was scoring goals, he was hitting pipes. Mm-hmm. And the stars, for the most part, have gotten things by Hill, but they haven't gotten them in the net. And so I think that gives you some hope that maybe their shots are just slightly off. Maybe they're trying to be a little too perfect. Maybe they're rushing things because the the Vegas defense has been very structured and has limited the quality shots that they get. The, the other thing I think that gives me a little bit of hope is that we're we're starting to see that the top line can operate the way that it uh, it has in the past and mm-hmm. i don't know that vegas has a really good answer to that well to your point about the shooting right uh, robertson's goals were rebounds and um there was it, it felt like Dallas, it, it felt like the rebounds have been there in the same way that they've been, you know, hitting posts, missing wide, um, having shots blocked. It seems like there have been rebounds as well. And Dallas has struggled to this point in the series, you know, to turn them into things. Whereas this past game, hey, we we saw we saw some signs that maybe they're they're starting to do that. So I think, you know, the to me, one of the first things that jumps out is was it uh, 18 games to start the season was was Robertson's scoring streak when he came out of the gate just on on an absolute blister. And I think if you're talking about reasons to be hopeful, one of the first that has to come to mind as a Stars fan is, you know, if if we're looking at a Jason Robertson heater, then that significantly changes the calculus for a Stars team that, you know, game three accepted has been close. Right. And has been playing Vegas pretty tight. If you interject into that situation, their Dallas's best score suddenly scoring in bunches, maybe those margins change and you you can see a path. Yeah. And, and the other thing to keep in mind here is that we really haven't seen Aiden Hill under under a whole lot of adversity. And so if you start if you start putting some pucks past him and in the net, um, he doesn't necessarily have the pedigree to know how to react to that and just immediately bounce back. And and we haven't really talked about this. I don't know why, but I mean, Jake Ottinger hasn't been great in this entire playoffs. No. And there's a whole lot to be said for a team that feels comfortable and, and is confident that their goaltender has their back and so that they can make mistakes and that he's going to make most of the saves back there if you do make a mistake. And and he really hasn't been able to do that that much in this class. We saw a lot of it in game four. But at that point, 
if, if a team loses even a little bit of confidence in their goaltender, they tend to try and do too much themselves. Yeah, he's yeah. had great games at times, but this has not been the postseason that that everyone ex- I think you know heading into every round just you know we do the preview thing on the site right I think it, my most of my previews for Dallas Stars series have have centered around this notion of well they they should have an advantage in the pipes and it just hasn't manifested that way over the entire course of the postseason yeah and I mean the same thing works for you know defensive pairs for instance if you if you know that your your partner is going to be in a certain place to take certain things then you can go ahead and make the play that you want to make. But if you are worried that you have to cover for your partner, you're not going to take the proper path to the puck because you're cheating. Yep. And, and you know, I think the national broadcast brought this out on the, uh, uh, on the Marcheseau goal that, uh, that went through Suter's leg. He actually shot it through Suter's legs. Ottinger was depending on Suter having that stick because he knew he was there. Yep. And so he didn't cheat off the pipe quite rightly because he knew Suter had his guy covered. And it turns out he didn't. And that little bit of doubt, you know, that that's the type of thing that creaks in that, okay, all of a sudden Ottinger's keep cheating off of the pipe. And so now you're vulnerable to something along the post. Trust is very important here and not trusting what is going on with your partners has been part of the problem that Dallas has faced especially here in this Vegas series. Yeah. And I think as well, it's, it, you know, you get to this point and this is where the good teams are. And, and those margins really, really start to matter. I mean, game two, I think was the perfect example. Dallas played a fantastic game and was in every position to win. And, you know, I'm, I'm not even on the, like he's, he's been good this postseason, Right. But charitably Gary, you know, Ryan Suter made what two pretty egregious errors in game two. And that's, that's the loss, right? And so I think you've gotten to the stage where when you're talking about cheating and trust, you really absolutely have to have it because the margins of victory and defeat are so slim. Yeah, and I think it's also, you know, take a look at somebody like uh, like Joel Hanley. I think that's one of the reasons Hanley finds himself, finds himself in the lineup all the time is because he may not always physically be able to make the play, but you can pretty much depend that he's going to be in the spot you expect him to be. Yeah, and I mean, in game one as well, there there have been some moments, um, there have been some, let's call them high variability moments out of Scott, uh, out of uh, Thomas Harley. And, you know, after a, a very stellar postseason to this point, he had a couple against Seattle as well. And, and yeah, it's things, and it's kind of characterized the game two loss came right after it, you know, a near, a near win by Dallas, right? A lot of, a lot of the bad is happening uh, right on the heels of something else in those situations where it really does have to be reflex. And it really does have to be kind of trust the structure, trust the system, trust things are going to work out. And then they just don't, something breaks the chain. Yeah. And, but that little here, context right now, Jace, Jake, uh, Jake Ottinger is at negative 7.36 goals saved above average or against average. So very, very poor. Whereas our, our buddy Aiden Hills at 805 plus. So there is a God, <laughs> there is a almost a 15 a goal full, difference. Yeah. Huge, huge difference. You know, 958 save percentage for Hill versus 901 for Ottinger and that's that'll get you killed. Yeah, yeah, in in some ways with the with the numbers the way they are for Ottinger, it's amazing that the stars are where they are. 
Um, yeah. Because yeah, he's he's really the only goaltender that's out there that that's anywhere close to being negative, let alone being being as extremely negative as as he is in those expected goals against. Yeah, and the other thing as well is, and and this isn't going to be a, a Jake Ottinger bash fest eternally. It's you know you're starting to look at. And I've, I've just got some, I, I jotted some natural stat trick nerdery down and, and, you know, thinking about like high danger and things like that. So Jakey has uh, so far this postseason, 80 is the number, 80 high danger shots chance, you know, kind of credit against him. And uh, Aiden Hill's at 30, or sorry, at 43. Right, so exactly. One- yeah. It, it, it's systemic and, and yeah, the, it's, it's know, not, as, it, I guess my point being that we've not seen the Jake Ottinger we need to see for Dallas to have any sort of sustained success, but it is also kind of reductive to say, Oh, well, Ottinger's playing poorly. Therefore they're losing like this is the, the shots the the game time. Cause I'm, you know, I can still sear it into my mind, you know, the, the game tying goal from game two, like what goal, you know, it, how do you expect a goalie to make a save on a blown coverage, you know, four feet out from the net? Like that's, that's one of those, the, the, the phrase team goal comes to mind. Right. And that's, it's, you can't just look at that and say, well, that was Ottinger's. He should have had it. Well, you know, I bet he would have liked to, but defender might've done something about it too. Yeah. It's a two points on that one, about five seconds before that goal, I said, Oh no, just because, it was, you could tell Suter was going to lazy pass that thing. Yep. I mean, it, it's just, you've seen it, you've seen it for two years. You know what he's going to do with that. And, and then second of all on, on Ottinger, you know, you take it, you, you take a look at goals scored uh, versus expected goals scored against. Um, it's not like Wedgwood's tearing it up either. I mean, the, the, there's, there's evidence there that there's something going on here with we're, we're giving up some really dangerous plays and and maybe we've come to expect that Ottinger's going to bail us out in those cases, and he's not. And I think to me, and we we talked about it throughout the season. This is where we are seeing Dallas's struggles, um, their defensive depth. This is where we're seeing that come into play because we talked about how you know the two ways to kind of offset that frailty. Right, one of them is get better players. And the other one is to try and outscore it a little bit. And I think I think part of what we're seeing is from a system perspective, you know, um, Pete DeBoer isn't an idiot. He he knows what you know. He knows how to coach a, a, a hockey team. And I think what one of the challenges is this: this is not a defensive roster where you look at it and say, and then I'm I'm getting overly binary. It's obviously more complicated than this, right? But this isn't a defensive roster where you look at it and say, well, we're going to solve this by just being better at defense and giving up fewer chances. I, I don't think that's where this team's like assets and talents lie. You know, like the the shutdown pairing isn't walking through the door. You've still got to play, you know, Yanni Hawk and Pa and and you know Joel Hanley and Ryan Suter and the like. So I think part of the calculus for this particular version of the stars has been open it up a little bit, invite the chances against and trust that a suddenly deep offense, a, you know, emergent Miro Haskinen and emerging Thomas Harley and Jake Ottinger being stellar. Right. And that that's been kind of the calculus is, yeah, they're going to give up a little bit more and they're going to get a little bit loose, but the counter to doing that is they're going to get chances and and they're going to get leads. And then that's going to let, that's going to kind of solve the problem that way. You know, Mark, 
People get hurt from car accidents, medical malpractice, and other personal injury accidents, but they never call an attorney. They leave thousands of dollars in medical bills and lost wages on the table that could otherwise be covered and instead just take the insurance company's word. This is silly when you could just call Robert Greening at Greening Law. Greening and his green team are fierce legal competitors for you against the insurance companies. Consultations are free, so you have nothing to lose. And there are no hourly attorney fees either. They only get paid if you recover. Right? These folks definitely need to call Robert Greening and the green team. Sure do. So remember, if you've been hurt in an accident, been a victim of medical malpractice, or have been hurt on a business's premises, call the Green Team at Greening Law in Dallas, Texas at 972-934-8900 now. They will fight your legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. Greening Law, Office Dallas, Texas. Maybe a few other things, and and here we've been kind of negative. Let's let's get a little positive. <laughs> um, you know, game four, it was really nice to see Haskinen skating with with Harley. And uh, to tell you the truth, as much as I've seen them play together, I I I love those two as a pair. Yeah, because Harley Harley's one of these guys. They've 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 spent some time in Texas with him uh, attached to what um, a more traditional defensive defender and he he can he can do it but he excels when he's with an offensive threat and and i i think haskinen haskinen will draw so much attention that it'll allow harley to thrive and he'll thrive quickly and 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 exceptionally and i think as well we've seen haskinen excel playing with high-end thinkers high-end you know technical talented players and yeah. it's not Haskinen is not he plays well with everybody right um that that's kind of his deal but I think we've also seen that that it's not one of those situations where there's a finite number of chances and if there's another offensive guy out there Haskins go down it's no if there's another guy if there's another guy out there that can move the puck Haskinen will leverage that and the you know the unit will just create more right that was another another spot at the table the other thing I I I, I found interesting that I hope the stars take a little bit to heart was Freddie Olofsson got in the game. Yeah. Almost. And scored. You know what? Great chance. You know what? He's playing fourth line. That's kind of where he needs to play. That's where his skill set is. He's great on the boards, but he wasn't a disaster. In fact, he was pretty good. Yeah. And he I mean, hadn't, he hadn't had any game action in a month and a half. And, and so maybe there's a little lesson there that says, you know, trust your guys. Especially and, in those those you know energy lines, right? There's maybe yeah. some value in we. How many times have we joked on this podcast and in other forms? Check out the DVD site. How many times have we made jokes about how Dallas as a franchise has been able to consistently turn out you know third and fourth line skaters? So maybe that yeah, I, I could see the being advantage, right? Just fresh legs, fresh perspective, energy, enthusiasm, all of those things. Just yeah, it's 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 one of the things this team does well. Why not use it? Well, and I think maybe we're doing a better job of developing people. So, so for instance, you know, we we have a we have a a defender down at Texas uh, named Ryan Shea. Actually, set a Texas Stars record for plus minus in a season. Uh, led the entire AHL in plus minus. I think like plus thirty nine. I mean, uh, you, you hate the stat, but plus thirty nine kind of tells you something. Yeah, when um, it gets when it gets big enough, it means something. Yeah, it filters yeah. through the noise. Sample size filters through the noise. Right. And, and so here's a guy who's uh, who's cost controlled. And are you going to tell me that you can't use somebody like that 
who's going to cost you, you know, under a million dollars a year, as opposed to going out and and getting your rental of the of, of the year, whether whether it's Colin Miller, whether it's Ryan Suter, whoever. Maybe this organization will finally get to the point where it gives some of these some of these guys that they've invested in and developed a little time to show that they're ready for the next level. And and I think they may need to do that as they see how contracts are going to sort out here in the in this next year. Yeah, I mean, especially you know, just because we're on the subject, things probably aren't going to get any better with Suter as well, right? And that contract's still on the books, so they're going to have to figure out you know the Robertson extension. Um, Hence's I think kicks in. They're going to have to pay. They're going to have to pay some people. So the ability to find cost-controlled assets, right? Wyatt Johnston is amazing and wonderful for what he does on the ice. That that value gets enhanced 10 times because they're getting what they get out of Wyatt Johnston on a rookie contract, right? And so they, they need some guys that they can plug into the roster um, that will allow them to pay the top end, right? And, and yeah. make sure that that high-end talent sticks around. There's, there's going to be, you know, there's going to be spots, and we'll get into this in the offseason, but it's, there's going to be spots that need to get filled in the top six, whether that's with guys that are on the team now, uh, you know, Domi or, or you know, Dadanoff even potentially, or it's going out into the market, right? But there's going to need to be guys they sign, and they're going to have to find the money for it somewhere. Yeah. Well, and and the thing is, you know, I I'm actually expecting Jim Nil to be a little busy in this off season, and and here's why. You, you take you know you have you have a, a Colin Miller there signed for signed for two years. He'll have one one year left. Yeah, same same general situation with Yanni Hockenpah. These guys aren't the core people in your you know your lineup. Yeah. Hey, you know, Miller's not playing every single game. If you don't trust this guy to play in the playoffs, why is he a core to what you're trying to do in the regular season? That question needs to be answered because there's absolutely there's absolutely no reason why Joel Hanley is a fixture in the Dallas Stars defense for what is it the the third playoff run in a row, and yeah. be, he's he's your seventh defender, but you trust him and you don't trust these other guys that you're bringing in, and so if that's the case, it's your own damn fault if you keep them. Yeah. And those are the, the to me those are the spots in the lineup you can experiment with because if it goes poorly if if Olafson had had a bad game even in the context of that one bad game you can slide minutes around and all of a sudden he plays you know what I mean like you can you can get away with making a mistake at that level if if you know let's say shake they call him up he doesn't play well okay give him nine minutes you've done that with Hanley before, right? Like it's yeah. it's one of those like yeah everybody else has to pl- uh, play a little bit more but and you don't want to do it every single day, every single game, every single night. But like, you're telling me that you can't give Miro an extra four or five minutes one night because you tried something and it didn't work. And that's, that's more of a risk and more of a danger than, well, what if it, if it does work, then all of a sudden you've got a, you know, a player that's an asset and and a contributor rather than somebody whose kind of main goal and and main ability is just to not make things worse. Right. And and you're talking about an entire core of defenders. And, and even now, some forwards as well that you've spent a four or five years developing down in Texas who've turned out to be pretty good players who are under cost controlled contracts and you don't want to you don't trust them enough to put them in at the NHL level and so you keep on reaching for this uh, for this this guy who's going to come in 
and, and and fill a role. Well, I would argue let's let one of these guys, you know, or multiple of these guys get their chance, get a look. And I think we've seen enough evidence that with the development program that that the stars have in place, these guys come into the NHL and they're pretty good. Yeah, I mean, at the higher end, certainly, but Thomas Harley, right? Yeah. He's been a revelation this postseason by the large. Yeah, there have been moments, there have been warts, but he's been a huge positive, and it's, it speaks to that approach, right? They, they're they doing a good job in Cedar Park right now, getting these guys ready and getting these guys where they can play and can contribute. And I think this is a team both right now and also in the medium to long term is going to be better served going to be well served using that um using that yeah and here it's been a weird year because uh all the cap gymnastics that the team did it, it's i'm, I'm kind of hoping that next year we'll end up with uh with a couple of forwards who are who are eating nachos and and i no longer believe taylor now that uh that they don't serve nachos in the uh in the press box because I saw a picture yesterday of nachos in the press box. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's, let's get a couple guys in the press box who, who can come in, prove themselves. If it's not working out, then, then they'll rotate back out. But I think next year with the development program that we're on, I have high hopes for Maverick Bork. And I think there are a handful of other guys who have a chance to contribute. Yeah, and and, and and Olafson, I think, is a is a prime example of, of a guy who who can fit a role and fit it in a cost contained manner. And the stars need them to contribute. So I think it's going to be an interesting it's going to be an interesting offseason for a lot of reasons. But definitely want to keep things focused on um, the Western Conference Finals. So Dallas is headed to Vegas. We have signs of life from Jason Robertson. Jamie Ben's going to miss another game. Dadnoff um, out. I don't know. I haven't seen anything about his status for he, um, he didn't take the trip. He didn't. So, so he's, he's out for game five. Out for game five. So what is your outlook? We've, we've talked about reasons to be hopeful. What is your outlook heading into heading into game five, as, as our, our wonderful producer mentioned before this, right? They're all elimination games now. I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see how they play. And I, I don't have a lot of hopes that they're going to win four games in a row. Uh, Vegas has proved to be very tough. It's a good team. And so uh, they're a good team. They they keep the puck to the outside. And other than that top line, Dallas really hasn't showed that they can score five on five. No. Um, or they need to get on the power play. And the power play has been real good. So, yeah, it's, so it's, yeah, the you know, power play and, and five on five from the top line doesn't sound like a winning formula for a, for a four-game heater. It sure doesn't. And the thing is, I think you look at it and, and you know, I would start hoping slash as a Vegas fan being nervous. I think you know, you win game, you make it four to two, and that's that's when you start to see some of the pressure dynamic shift, right? And all of a sudden you've you've got a home game coming up. All of a sudden you're you're starting to get the well, but they might, you know. Right now we're still in gentleman sweep territory, and um, you know not a lot else. So it'll be, yeah. Like but, you but, said, but I they, mean you you back you back it off. It, it's like. You, you can only you, you can't win a game unless you win periods and, and you can't win a period unless you in, unless you can shoot the puck and you can't shoot the puck unless you can win a board battle. I, it all comes down to having this person responsibility and being more motivated and better at it than the guy you're 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 faced up against. And so I think that's the way the stars need to look at it. It's like win win the small battles and and ultimately if you win the small battles, the bigger battles will come. 
I think that, and I think the other thing you do if you're the stars is you focus on how you got here. And with the exception of, you know, you obviously blew game three, but games one and two were overtime. And I think, you know, if you're trying to stoke hope, you're looking at it and saying, listen, we're, we're too bad. And even in games one and two, they had chances to win in overtime. And I guess they didn't have a chance to win in overtime before they lost, but you could look at game, you know, they're, they're a bounce or two away from this being a three to one series. Right. And so, no, it's not. This isn't saying, oh, they've got it in the bag by any stretch. The odds are long and the deck is stacked. But I think if you're building, if you're building the emotional case to still invest and to still be hopeful, it it starts with how close the series has been to this point. And, you know, anything can happen in the playoffs, right? Get another one. Um, get back to Dallas and see if you can force a game, you know, see if you first step, see if you can force game six and then see what happens after that. Yeah, I mean it's really two things. Yeah, you know, as a player, as a player, you have to t- concentrate on the task at hand, and and that that's you know, where where's the puck, where's my man, and how do I win that battle? Mm-hmm. As a fan, you you kind of at this point, I think what you say is let let's enjoy watching the stars play stars hockey, which yes. means getting a little getting a little speed through neutral zone, getting some good rush chances. And then having the top line do their thing where they put everything in a blender and all of a sudden Jason Robertson comes out of a shot from nowhere that that beats the goaltender because they didn't even know it was coming. And Sagan returning in some strange way to do Sagan things and hopefully Marchment not tripping over himself and right. Domi passing as opposed to uh, trying to go upside a 6-6 guy's head. Well, <laughs> various things like that. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, and I think as well, just enjoying, if nothing else, having a moment, getting some opportunities to this, this has been such a fun season. This has been such a good group. There have been, you know, and again, the order of things matters, right? But take away, take away the, the, the horrid game three performance. And this has been one of the years that I think you look back on and fondly and and think about more along the lines of of how much the team accomplished versus how how much the team left on the table. And that has not been for a bunch of different reasons. That has not been the case for the Dallas Stars in as many seasons as it maybe should have over the the you know most recent stretch. So that's I think something to not lose sight of as well, even as we, you know, try before we even get into, well, what if they, you know, what if they make history, right? Just appreciating how we got to where we are. Yeah. I mean, to tell you the truth, game four was very unstressful to watch primarily because in game three, I gave, gave up. And so it's it's like game four is like, Hey, they're playing okay hockey. Yeah, exactly. Why, why should I be any better? Game four was kind of enjoyable because I got to see some great people who I like watching play hockey. And they, for the most part, played the way I hoped that they would the entire series and the entire season. And so that's what I hope to see in game five is them uh, put together a Dallas Stars game. And, And if they put together a Dallas Stars game, they'll win slightly more than they'll lose. And so, you know, fine. If that happens, then we'll move to game six and I'll invest a little more. Do it again. Yeah. Yep. I love to hear it. Um, yeah, and I think the 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 last the last thing I want to touch on is and, and we're we're keeping this positive. We've already talked about Ottinger and um kind of how he struggled, but the, the last thing I'll focus on is I'm glad as well that, that game four went much better because we are just seeing I think the emergence uh, to to a lesser degree, Haskin, I think he'd already emerged, but you know, he's getting a lot of 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 his 
you know, necessary, deserved, well-deserved flowers. And also, you know, watching everybody else in the world see what we see in hints has been something as a Stars fan. You know, I've got I've got hockey buddies on the other coast that, that kind of fall into the trap of only following their teams, not everybody else. And, you know, I've, I've, I've been able to just grin and respond to the, hey, tell me about this hints guy. What's his deal? And it's it's sort of, he has been emerging over the last couple of seasons. And I feel like this postseason has really, He's having his moment, and it's it's one of those things I think, you know, once you kind of you elevate your Q score, right, and you're in a different stratosphere of players, and I think that the Rupe Hintz coming out of this postseason is going to be regarded differently than the guy coming into it, and I, I'm pleased for that because he should be, and, and we've known it as Stars fans for a while, but he is just a heck of a player. Yeah, what was it, DeBoer? DeBoer said when he took over, it's like he knew he was good, but he had, you know, seeing him up close on the ice as, as his coach, <laughs> he's a he's a freight train coming coming down at full speed. Yeah, and the, the Domi quote, right? He's he's the guy you build and create a yeah. player playing a video game, and so he's and he's the guy you get annoyed at your friend building because like hey, give give him a weakness, do something. Yeah, the 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 only serious question I have about hints right now is who tells him to cut his hair. At this point, right? Right, or at any point. You'd think they'd know better. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. But, you know, it's good. I, 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 we'll see how I feel after tomorrow night, but it's it's nice that they at least have started washing the taste of game four out of our mouths. And, and I'm, I'm not, I think your line about hope is the right one. I'm not, I'm not fully, fully back in given the situation, but I'm certainly interested that, you know, they're, they're off of, they're off of DVR watch later status, certainly, and uh, looking to see if they can rope me back in before destroying me a little bit more. As you can tell from some part of the conversation, I, I half of my brain is kind of in off-season mode, but uh, there's still a pretty good part there that I'm going to be sitting there watching live. And I, I cross my fingers, if we're going to go out, let's go out playing Dallas Stars hockey. Yeah, and I think my my closing thought will be I think the 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 idea is and it's sort of from the start of the series, right? The idea Dallas is going to be competitive in any given game. They can win any given game against against Vegas and there's every every reason on a one game basis to expect them to come in and play Dallas Stars hockey and be successful and focus on that. Don't worry about what's going to happen in in a theoretical game 6 or game 7, you know, don't don't worry about the Guildenstern Rosencrantz and Guildenstern dead coin flip bit where it's head heads every time. Like don't worry about can they do it over and over and just just worry about can can Dallas, you know, be worth your time? Can Dallas compete and win a hockey game tomorrow night? Right? And the answer to that question is yes, and it's worth tuning in and it's worth seeing what happens and hopefully they'll continue to to get a little bit of their uh, of their mojo back before this ride ends whenever it ends and that's all we that's all we should focus on right now and then the rest will whatever will, whatever happens after will happen after let's make vegas sweat a little right that's a group that needs to sweat a little bit that's right especially in vegas sweat out the sweat out the alcohol a little bit but yeah it'll, it'll yep. be hopefully we we get another good effort hopefully we get this team playing their game and we get to enjoy it just a little bit longer before the chaos of the offseason settles in. Enjoy the game, buddy. You too, Mark. Thanks for joining us. KT, thank you for putting it together. Don't forget to like and download. Um, we'll talk more 
Once whatever happens, happens. We've got an off-season coming up. A whole bunch of good content on DefendingBigD.com. So stick with us. We'll stick with you. There, There is always hope. This podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.